0: It's Sunday, March 20th, and you're listening to Peanuts and Popcorn. p is a baseball podcast interrupted by a movie discussion between two old friends. I'm Tom Hockney.
1: And I'm Leo Fontana. This week on Peanuts and Popcorn, Carlos Correa shocks the world and signs with the Minnesota Twins for $35 million a year. In other news of the 1%, Chicago Cubs owner teams up with an Illinois billionaire to purchase the Chelsea Football Club. The Cubs make some moves. The Sox might have to make a few more. Our popcorn talk is on the Academy Award-nominated Coda with Marley Matlin and Eugenio Derbez. Tom, are you are you are you in Michigan now? You've made the move. Is that I, I cool? am. I,
0: I am. We're we're here. But I got to tell you, I'm a little cranky, and the reason is is last Sunday I woke up in Chicago. Yeah, we, we lost an out. Lost an hour, yep. And so, let let me just stop right. What do you think of daylight savings time? What what is your thought? I, as a teacher, because that's one of the reasons why it was put in place to begin with. It had to do with school children. But anyway, for school children, they didn't want them going to school in the dark. Well,
1: okay, that's what's going to happen. And here's the thing: is is this is such an American reaction? Is that everybody hates. Daylight savings and they've hated it for a long time. They hate springing forward. It's a real struggle. You know, the falling back is nothing. I can do that standing on my head.
0: Well, it's of course, crazy. you oh, get an extra
1: yeah. hour of sleep. I mean, yeah, well, exactly. what's not the but, but it's the it's the coming back, and yeah. that's what everybody's so pissed off about. But now, in certain sections of the time zones, you know, they're gonna have some really, really late sunrises, some as late as like 10:30. I know that. You know, and- which upper northwestern tiny slice of the yeah. central time zone way up by the canadian border they're going to have sunrises at like ten thirty.
0: yeah so. well again i'm a little cranky because i lost an hour last sunday and plus we were moving out of chicago and and quite out of, i have mixed feelings about the whole thing even though it's turned out to be great i moved to michigan and i lose another hour you lose another hour because you're on. I'm Eastern like, wait a minute! What is going on? This is yeah. like a really, you know, a bad film. I, I where I got 24 you're gonna, hours. You're still going to live. Tom, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. You're yeah, love well, it. so so far I do, but again, missing the two hours has been uh has been a struggle. It's yeah, been it's been a struggle for, for for my it's for my old man.
1: Pants, you but know? but other
0: than that, I'm, we're glad to be in in Michigan. You know, but we're. The, there, there's some it's a country mouse city mouse thing, and we're doing the country mouse thing. And I can tell you that yesterday, for example, we had to go out and, and to a, a Costco like store to get a whole bunch of stuff for our to get this house up and running. And that's and, a bit of a drive, uh, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's actually about uh, it, it's a, about 40 minute drive, but we were there, yeah. we decided we were going to go to what Yelp said was the best Mexican restaurant in town. Okay, well
1: that's gonna to be tough for me to, you know, because Mexican food is hard to come out the
0: best, but go ahead. Yeah, right. Las Palominos was the name of the place. Las Palomitos, right? Yeah, uh, and um, the 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 reviews were tremendous. And and it and I kept thinking to myself, after I ate it, we're not in Chicago anymore. Yeah. The, the Chicago right. not, has yeah, I mean, some of the greatest Mexican restaurants, you know, north of the Mason D- I mean, it's not like Texas or California. Yeah. But but it's Chicago's pretty damn good, as you well know. You're a so traveler. Chicago has its
1: own Mexican kind of micro cuisine.
0: They do things Mexican the, cooks the, are because doing the chilies are different, and they okay. they they're forced to have to. I, I totally know that because. I've eaten Mexican food in El Paso, and I've certainly had it in San Diego, and it's nothing like it is in Chicago. It's great in those places. And some people argue it's better, but I still think Chicago is a main hub for Mexican food. Well, Mount Pleasant, Michigan is not a main (laughs) hub for Mexican food. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Okay. All right. That's that. And that's the hard part about leaving the city. You know, that is the hard part. Where are you going to get Thai food? You're going to have right, to make it. Right.
0: Exactly. You know? Well, that, that's what Gwen was saying. She's like, yeah. and then you have to go get the uh, the ingredients around here. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck Let's just that. say Amazon delivery guys are going to get to know me. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. As Carlos Correa, first pitch swinging, sends one to right field. Well hit. This ball's off the wall. Played there by Piscotty. Correa digging for second base. He will get there sliding with a double. Carlos pitch. Hits a right field.
1: Seth Brown back. Still going back near the wall. Gone! Carlos Correa! So let's get right to Peanuts. And I want to begin with the biggest news. uh, That just sort of a massive free agent signing, huge crack in the ground kind of thing. And of course, I'm talking about the Cubs signing of Drew Smiley. No, I, no, I'm kidding. It, Carlos Correa <laughs> signed with the Minnesota Twins for $35 million a year. This is the highest annual salary that a player has ever received in the history of the game.
0: It's also and an I, intriguing contract that it's three years and he can opt out at any yeah, time. Basically, after, after every year, he can opt out. And they can trade him, you know,
1: the logic is too. That if they suck, they can just trade them for prospects.
0: Exactly. You know, and, been, and, but why the Twins, Carlos? Why the you know, Twins? As a Tiger and, fan and you as a Sox fan, why the Twins? You have now thrown the American League Central. Um, it's just, off, it's in, off kilter. Disarray. Right, yeah. right. It's off kilter.
1: And it's going to be great. The American League Central will be so much fun to watch this year. And who knows if the Guardians you know, decided to flex those same muscles.
0: You know. Well, they've been good for the last 10 years. I, it, it's really about Kansas City. Is Kansas City going to be the doormat of the league, which I don't think they are necessarily. That's not the way that they're behaving. Um, but the American League Central is going to be a great uh, division in baseball. One of the better ones. I don't know if it's the best one because the, the, the National League West is tremendous. But it's really, really, really going to be competitive. And I think – Yeah. The, 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 Sox, Sox the Sox are – You're on notice now that, that – you know, first of all, you already had problems with Korea. This was a guy that gave the White Sox lots of problems. So this is a brilliant move by the Twins, and but perplexing at the same time. Well,
1: I, 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 long term, I don't think it hurts them very much, especially with the new collective bargaining agreement. But let's talk about some of the other signings, because they yeah. have a lot of local impact here. Right. And uh, there's Nick Castellanos goes to the yeah. Phillies, a yeah. former Cub. 100 million dollars. Uh, also, that. they signed Kyle Schwarber. So they right. essentially, I mean, now that we have they the basically, said, DH, we don't want to, they basically
0: yeah. said we don't want to play defense anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Catching the ball. Just not <laughs> it's an optional.
0: It's play. optional.
1: Yeah. Optional. We have the new universal DH. We're going to go out and sign two of them. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. So, exactly.
0: You crazy. got Schwarber and Casianos in that outfield. Yikes. But they, that should be a
1: lot of fun. That should be a lot of fun for Phillies fans. I mean, who and who knows what may happen? I mean, it's, uh, it's the resurrection of the Southside Hitman, you know, who just they ignore every practical aspect of catching and pitching the ball and right. focus entirely on hitting it out of the
0: ballpark. So. As, as long as they don't wear the softball uniforms, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and then Chris Bryant, you yeah. know, to the, uh,
1: to the Rockies, which was amazing. That, that was a shock. You know, I well, really it, to it, go-
0: it, it, was, it was perplexing to, to most people, but not really to, to the people in Colorado who have coveted him since draft day 2014. Yeah. They yeah. they've wa- they thought they saw this kid as a 6'5", 140-pound, 150-pound kid, and, and he was hitting home runs, and they were like, this guy's going to be great. It came down to, I think, John Gray and, and Epstein dis- correctly – picked Bryant, who then obviously went on to be the MVP. The problem is, is that Colorado is a team that um, is not committed to winning. And and, and, and it, it, they're not. And, and the reason why they lost Arenado, arguably the best third baseman in, that, you know, in the best many, many moons since Mike Schmidt, maybe, as yeah. far as the, the total package... He signed this gigantic deal and left two years later because he said this team is not committed to winning. Chris Bryant, what are you doing going to Colorado? Because if I'm Chris Bryant, I want to be on the Yankees. I want to be on the Dodgers. I want to be on a team that's going to win the World Series. And Colorado has not shown over time that they are committed to winning. And and the fact is, Ask Arenado about the Colorado Rockies, and I think you'll know. You don't walk out on a team two years into a mega deal if you're not absolutely beside yourself with the fact that they are not committed to winning. I'll tell you why he signed there. I'll tell you right now why he because signed Because Boris there. Is, a, is, no. is, is a shark.
1: No, because he and his wife, Bryant and his wife, really like the Denver area. Yeah, they really no, like it. it. They you want better, to win. you better like it. <laughs> no, that's a big part of it too, yeah. I think. I think they seem to feel like if they have a nice mountain view and they can live out by red rocks and you know what I mean that 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 just is really really attractive to them. I think that's why he signed with them. And I think they might be better than anybody thinks and I think he'll have really good years there for a long time.
0: What I and, love about you is you when it comes to baseball you are the eternal optimist. And, yeah. and, I, and I, and I, and that's the position that you kind of have to take. It's just got me scratching my head from a, if I want to win titles. And once I have a title, I want another title. I want to go to a place that's going to get me to the title. I'm not going to go to a town that has just like I would never sign with the A's. And but, I, and here's another news for you. I wouldn't sign for the Cubs either for the same kind of reasons. There's not that commitment. There's, there's commitments on those teams, but, but not, Uh, and we'll talk about the A's here in a second, but Colorado has historically kind of shown themselves to be very close to being very in the playoffs a few years, but not really committed to go into that next step there. I, I, I,
1: I, think, I just think it's, uh, it's interesting the way this is going to play out. And you have to be an optimist. I wanted to point out that you are often quicker to get angry about things that happen Oh and yeah. frustrate you. Oh, yeah. And, and another point I want to make, too, is the I'm Reds. guy that will throw
0: the bats on the field, like Andre does. <laughs>
1: so the Reds trade Eugenio Suarez, you know, a very popular right. Again, player. Kind of down, yeah. Another perplexing move. He's a great player. He's a great player and a Cubs killer. Right. So they trade him to Seattle along with uh, Jesse Winkler, I think. Yeah, Winkler, who was the, was the better of the two statistically who, last year, but he can only hit right handed pitching. But anyway, but the point is, is that Reds fans were furious. Yeah. I'm boycotting the team. I'm selling my season tickets. I'm doing, you know, yeah. they're furious. And I'm like, look, you're the Reds. You're in Cincinnati. This is not the 1970s. The Reds have a hard time competing against the big clubs, and they have to go through these cycles where they acquire young players and try it a different way. And and if you don't understand that as a Reds fan, then, I don't
0: know, let them move to Montreal is what I say. (laughs) And I I understand what you're saying, but I'll play the part of a Reds fan, and I will say two years ago they were close to competing in the Central – And there was really kind of a fork in the road and the Reds made their annual decision to take the the path most traveled, which is to do nothing, to sit on their hands. And if I was a Reds fan, I would be pissed off at that fact, because why is it that all of the big stars that they've had, Castellanos comes to mind too, but they also had tremendous pitching at the front end of that rotation. They all leave. They'll leave. Why do they leave, Tom? Why? Yeah. But see, well, I, the, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Okay. Okay. But these are the disadvantages of having a, a major league team in a city like Cincinnati, which is a, a fine place to live. But if you're not from there, it's difficult to appreciate the charms of Cincinnati in the Ohio Valley, Ohio yes. River Valley, in That's comparison right. to Chicago or New York or Colorado or nearly any other city. You know Pittsburgh and Cincinnati have a hard time. Cleveland is also in Detroit.
0: That Detroit. Detroit. Yes. Minnesota. They, these are yeah. even though it's you know, Minnesota, they represent, I, you know, represent I, the whole state. It's still a small kind of town. It'd be like having yeah. a major league team, you know, outside of Milwaukee, like a Green Bay team. Like Cincinnati, uh, I get it. I get I, and same thing with Oakland. It's like you guys are you know there, but for the grace of God, would you even have a, a major league uh uh, team if they divvied up stuff today think about it if, if it started today w- would there be teams in those markets I totally get that but I mean the o- only way that as a Reds fan that I'm going to sit in that stadium is if it's a competitive product because I'm an intelligent baseball fan I'm not going to go see crap
1: all right so so the Blue Jays made a couple of moves and uh Matt Chapman yeah, in the first yeah. baseman, and he signs with the Toronto Blue Jays. Right, and they're being very sort of uh, they're bragging up there. Yeah, they're yeah. going. You know, last year was just the trailer. You know, this is the year we compete. And and honestly, I love it. I I would love to see the Toronto Blue Jays win that division.
0: Oh, you, you mean know, the that team be... that? Won, you mean the team that won ninety one games last year? Yes, right. This is this is not a this is a team that came within one game of making the playoffs. One yeah. game. So. Yeah. They're ready. They are committed to winning. And, be, and guess what? They've been committed to winning. Going back to the 80s, the way that they handled South America and all of, the, the, all of their concerns. The Blue Jays are, are a great uh, baseball franchise. I just think it's interesting that when players go there, they have to kind of reach out to other people that have played in Canada to learn the little idiosyncrasies that uh, exist. So, for example, I believe this year – You have to be vaccinated to enter Canada as a major league baseball player, which not every baseball player is vaccinated. So I don't know how they're going to kind of get around that, but it's little stuff like that. And basically, you know, they got Kevin Gossman who's who's, who's going to dominate the front end of that, that uh, rotation. Um, They did lose Marcus Simeon, but I do think Chapman is, is almost, is almost equal in a production standpoint. He's got one of the best arms in baseball. Um, if they if they pitch,
1: you know, if they pitch and play defense, they'll win a lot of games. Yeah, you know, I think the 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 Yankees and the Red Sox, I think, are sort of awkward, clunky teams, and I think they can out hustle and out. You know, they can be more athletic, especially. You know, what the where do they play? What's the name of their park? Used to be the Sky Dome, but now it's the Rogers Center. Yeah, maybe. it's the
0: Rogers Center. Rogers, but uh, family but, but
1: but you know, as as the Blue Jays sort of res- you know sort of have a resurgence. Are we worried about maybe baseball in Oakland long-term? You know, will the A's be there? Uh, will there be baseball in Oakland? And, and and quite frankly, should there be?
0: Well, it's interesting to me that, um, and this kind of dovetails into what I was talking about the Rockies, that the Oakland A's are permitted to behave the way that they behave. And the only reason that they can do that is because, of this stadium political thing that's going on in Oakland where they keep threatening to move to Las Vegas. It's, it's basically um, the A's have Oakland over the barrel to a certain degree. My concern, which I thought they were writing into the new uh, collective bargaining agreement, which was to kind of um, put a governor, if you will, on the, the A's, Getting players and dumping those players for young talent. They've been doing it now for over 20 years. Bean is still in charge in Oakland. And it's, if I was an A's fan, you talk about a Reds fan. I, if I was an A's yeah. fan, I would just be beside myself with being d- despising the their behavior. Point
1: out someone to me who is an A's fan. Right. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> right. I mean, that's if you can introduce me to one. Perhaps we could get their perspective. I guess but I'm the, the oxymoron. There aren't enough of them to keep them in Oakland. Right. So what I think is that uh, Oakland may have to think about moving to another city, and and that and and people have to be okay with that. You know, there, there was this period where they played home games in Oakland, and then eh, there wasn't. Everyone <laughs> will recover. Oakland will recover. The A's would recover. It's much better.
0: It's, but, just, uh, it's just weird that in a capitalist society that this team is allowed to behave that the way that they do. Because it's really kind of, you're right. not trying to, what, we, what you're doing, first of all, it's it, everyone knows what you're doing. And there's no surprise. And it's just, it's disheartening to the fan. That, that's all. Yeah, as a well, baseball fan. Fans, it's but, like, you know what? this is But you're right. I've never met an Oakland it's A. It's <laughs> disheartening to a few
1: people. You know what I mean? Now, if the Cubs moved, that would be disheartening to millions of people you know yeah. the fan bases are so much larger and right. and and that gives the reds that, that the problem is, is that imposes on the reds and the a's these sort of they just can't compete because they don't have the numbers yeah. in their fan bases
0: you know yeah yeah and it, it, it and i get i, I get it I, I, what will baseball uh, look like 50 years from now will there be a pittsburgh will there be a detroit will there be a cincinnati these questions are all going to be um, Coming out, and the reason is is because largely today these towns have been propped up by the TV revenue that's brought mm-hmm. into baseball. Because if if those they didn't have that, I'm fearful that some of these markets would already be at risk, if not already washed out of the major league. So may, maybe maybe this is all part of the 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 deal of capitalism that the cream rises to the top, and ultimately. You know it's the survival of the fittest, and unfortunately, these smaller markets just didn't make it. Rest in peace, rest in peace. So, uh, but uh, but
1: I also wanted to mention, and this is right before we go into uh, we're going to talk about the Cubs, is that uh, the Ricketts family has teamed up with this Illinois billionaire Griffith Ken, what's his name? Ken Griffith, uh, Griffith, Ken Griffith, who's financing, by the way the republican governor's uh, the republican candidate for governor yeah. he's bankrolling his campaign for governor right so he teams up with with the rickett's family and they're trying to buy the chelsea football club
0: yeah it's not that it's way- not a, it's not a done deal yet but they no, are they are trying, trying to make do do a bit it. And, yeah. and you know they put together a little glossy video that the cubs like to do about yeah, they how they love their bit videos That's what they right. need what they need to do as a counter is to go interview the bars and the X bar tavern owners that used to be in Wrigleyville prior to the Ricketts moving in, go interview those guys and use that kind of as a, uh, you know, a yin yang uh, thing to, to the fans, because you know, so tell me about Chelsea. Tell me about this team. You know, a lot about Chelsea is, is
1: a, I mean, my daughter's a big, uh, you know, premier league fan and I was telling her like, she likes Newcastle and we've been following them this year, but I told her, I said, if the, if the Cubs owners, by Chelsea, I think I'm gonna to have to be a Chelsea fan just out of yeah. you know, yeah. And uh, she's like, well, I guess well, it's, would- a, it's in your
0: portfolio now.
1: Yeah. So Chelsea, <laughs> right now, I think they sit at number three in the twenty in in the Premier League ladder, which means Got they're gonna play in next year's Champions League, which is good. So it's kind of like the Euro playoffs right. of club right. teams, but but it, it always happens the following year. Got so it. you know, but so you never know how the team is gonna be. Um, so so I'd say that, that that's good, I guess, if you're the kind of person who likes to buy athletic teams. Um, I'm wondering... Well, where, how,
0: where does Chelsea play? What's they sound play, of they, 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 play play they play in London. They play in London. So all I'm saying is get ready for that neighborhood to have hotels and uh you oh, yeah. know houses and, and and hotels on boardwalk all around the uh, all around where they play cuz that's the rickets play they they want to not just take over the team and the hearts and souls of the fans but they want all of the commerce around the ballpark
1: well, you know, it's interesting because when you think about the Chelsea team, they're a lot like the Cubs in that they're not, you know, in that, well, they both were blue, but it's a different kind of blue. But the point is, is that the name neighborhood... Are they both lovable losers? No, no, no. Well, Chelsea has very, very loyal fans. You know what I mean? And it's the kind of fans that have the same tone as Cubs fans or Brooklyn Dodgers fans had. You know what I mean? Yeah. That are just really, hey, it's all a lot of fun and and you know, they're very sort of good natured, and they live in this kind of cohesive neighborhood around the stadium. You know what I mean? So it's similar to uh, Wrigleyville or the North Lakeview or whatever, or right. East Lakeview, that the, the neighborhoods are kind of similar in tone. So I think you're absolutely right. You're going to see hotels eventually, you're going to see it all built up and they're going right. to make zillions on real estate. Right. So,
0: well, you know, again, the Rickets are involved and I have a love-hate relationship with them. I love the fact that they got us our World Series and I hate everything else. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, whatever. I mean, so, so speaking of the Cubs and, uh, you yeah. know, they we I loved you, Darvish, when he was on the Cubs. I will yes, tell you right you now, know, I, you. I thought he was that guy. not just a great front end of the rotation pitcher, but he was a great ambassador for baseball. Yeah. He had quick win on Twitter, could take a joke, could take a punch. He just yeah. was a, somebody that, you know, you kind of want to build a team around. Cubs didn't think so. And they got rid of him uh, or let him go, I should say. Uh, and, but I didn't know until just recently that he played a pivotal role in the, the blockbuster signing of Seiyu Suzuki who apparently the Cubs have been going after, like the Rockies were going after Chris Bryant when he was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. The Cubs have been following this kid for a long time. And this um, is a free agent that they could get a kind of a yes. lesser price hey, and hey,
1: maybe able to upgrade their the, team. In the ways Yankees,
0: to, the yeah. Yankees wanted him. Uh, yeah. The Sox were looking at him. A lot of teams were – so kudos to the Cubs for getting this, this yeah, fish. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. You know, and this thing,
1: too, with Simmons – also, by the way, because they don't end up signing Correa, yeah. I think Simmons potentially will play a beautiful shortstop, and he'll draw a lot of interest in well, terms of just locally. People will come to the game to see him play shortstop. I was reading up about the way he plays and how smooth he is. Well, we, 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 ta- we talked about are really it. are going to enjoy
0: it. We talked about it last week. I told you his Wittabub replacement is extraordinary defensively, but I also said this means we're not getting Korea, and that proved sadly to be true. And and for me, the Cubs, you kind of promised that you were going to try to be competitive. And so when you kind of look at the Cubs last year, I think the Cubs – if I'm not mistaken, one was it 71 games last year, or something like that? 91, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: 91 or something.
0: So, when I look at this new makeup of this new team after all of the changes, the most that I see is about 75 wins, 76 wins. I maybe they'll squeeze a few more wins out of it, but you're not comp- don't tell the fan base that you're going to compete because you're not really competing, not this year. That doesn't mean you won't in the, in the ensuing time, but not this year. I I don't think the Cubs will compete at all. (laughs) But,
1: but here's the thing, Tom, baseball is a funny game. Unexpected things happen. Funny how it makes you laugh. Things happen. Great seasons can be had as a result. You know what I mean? Who knows this guy, Suzuki. What if he takes off at Wrigley field? What if somebody else gets hot, especially in the starting rotation? You know, what didn't, they, didn't
0: they say that about hurry up and do me well, when I he mean, was on like, the team? Whatever happens, Tom, I'll be watching. I'll be oh, me too in what's happening. Me too. And, I just I just don't come out and say you're gonna really be comp- like the Rick at stick, because you're not it's not but, this year. But that doesn't year. mean we shouldn't
1: watch. And and we, I think too much, you and I and fans in general worry
0: too much about what we think. Will happen? No, no, I I disagree with you. I I said going back to last year that don't he remember they came out and said we're going to be competitive during the free agency. I what they got their get wasn't that good. That's all I'm saying, and 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 I have
1: a right as a fan to criticize it, and I'm going to. Sorry. But how many times you know do do we ask ourselves in the middle of the year? Boy, if we had said this was going to happen in the spring. You know what I mean? So
0: no, yeah, that's not it's no, it's not the same thing to me. This is a bigger picture issue. This is it not is a bigger no, picture. Yeah. All right. So so
1: now the Cubs sign Jonathan Villar, and yeah. they also sign Drew Smiley. Right. And Villar is interesting. He's he's an infielder. Yeah. Um, He switch hits. Right. You know they can play him all over the place. They can play him at either position, and he has some speed on the bases. He can steal bases, so I guess that helps us. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it puts us in the World Series yet, but, you know. And then they also signed Drew Smiley to start. And he's interesting because all through the kind of World Series run, they had him on ice. They'd yeah. signed him to a contract. He'd recently had his surgery. They were going to see him through the rehab. And they tried really, really hard to get him the rotate. It just never happened. Right, And right. he had to go elsewhere. Now they're thinking about bringing him back, and that might be helpful, too. Because if he's good – that's really good for the Cubs. The Cubs could be formidable.
0: Well, he, he did win 11 games last year. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so that's something. And he's a left-handed left left-hander, and that, that in itself is, is something. So it
1: would be Hendricks, Strowman, Miley, and, and then, um, and then uh, uh, Smiley, and then the last one is uh, Mills. Perhaps yeah. Mills or Steele, I guess, Justin Steele. That's it for peanuts. There are plenty of pretty voices with nothing to say.
0: Do you have something to say? You're the girl with the death family? Yeah. I just want to tell you right now. And you sing. Interesting.
1: I wanna do this.
0: There are plenty of pretty
1: voices with nothing to say. Do you have something to say? I've
0: never done anything without my family before. No, no.
1: Let's go right to Popcorn. And Tom, you chose the movie. And right now we're sort of in the season of Oscar nominees and best pictures and things like that. And you suggested that I see Coda. Yeah, and yeah. I did. And this was a brilliant movie. Got this on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, it is the story about a girl. She's a teenager. They live in Gloucester. She and her family. They are fishermen. But the rub is, is that her mother, her father, and her brother- are all deaf, and she's the only one in the family who is hearing. And basically, at 17, she is the family's official translator for the hearing world. And the family has come to utterly depend on her for, for any sort of dealings with people outside their family. And uh, but but this girl also happens to be a very, very talented singer, she sings beautifully, and her teacher wants to get her an audition at this prestigious music school. And uh, so, you know, it just sort of goes through that. So there's like, in, in one way, it's a formula of a teenage sort of angst movie. You know, my parents are weird, I'm weird at school, they make fun of me, there's a boy I like. So there are all these things that we see in standard teenage uh, movies. Correct. But this one is completely unique in terms of where it takes place. And then also just the characteristics of the family being deaf people. Marley Matlin plays her mother, and she is freaking amazing. Yeah, watching her was was wonderful. This was a brilliant movie, and you said that it should win it, the Academy Award, but it probably won't.
0: Oh, well, I'm going to go one step further and say it definitely will not. If it wins, it'll be a huge shock. I think uh, you upset. Could. I think uh, it could. win yeah it's not going to beat the we'll talk about who we think is going to win next way that um this was my favorite of the 10 films that i saw leading up to this uh, uh award season um however i agree with you that it's basically a formulaic type of a plot that has a couple of different twists and it's uh, you know it's got the teenage love story it's got the kid the 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 protagonist, which is this young girl who does everything for everybody else. She's the interpreter yeah. for the family. She negotiates. Like, for one thing is, as fishermen, a Fisher family, they're treated poorly in, yeah. in, 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 uh, in, in the Boston area um, because of that. And so she is the one person that acts as the interpreter for them. She does everything for them. And she does everything for everybody except herself. And finally, she decides through her discovering that she has a great voice and an unbelievable teacher, teacher, which made me think of you. Once I saw this guy, I was like, there are because I had a teacher like that. It was a female teacher, but she was like she was a pushy, demanding person. But she wanted to get the best out of you. And nowadays, you know, it's probably politically incorrect. Some of the things that that teacher probably did was were could be considered, you know, over the top in the fact that, you know, she was so dependent on him and and his opinions and his guidance to kind of bring that voice out of her so that, you know, she could end up going to the, you know, Boston's prestigious Berklee School of Music. Um, And so to me, the only false note in the film was at the end where he shows up, to play during the audition. Oh yeah, well, that—that's I mean, yeah. never going to happen at the Boston. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, "Wait a minute! This—this uh, this is Hollywood." So th- yeah. there, there is that one little thing that kind of was like, "Damn it! You—you." You, this is a, it, it comes a into classic. A hurt the audition, right? Yeah. It, it, this is a classic up to this point. But I thought that the father, who is just yeah. so inappropriate, and doesn't give a—he's—he's sh- he's like I think I would be if I was an older deaf guy, which I don't give a shit. And, yeah. and and I and I would learn how to sign. I don't give a shit because I would do that all the time. And he was kind of like that cantankerous dad. And I thought it was hilarious that Marley Matlin and him apparently our uh, husband and wife have very noisy sex. And it, yeah, they have, totally, have noisy sex, totally yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. The, the daughter who can hear it, but she knows that they don't know that, that she can hear it. And so there was all these little things about this story that I really liked, but basically it was a coming of age about someone that decided to put themselves first for a change. Yeah, that's, that's what it what it meant to me. Well, there's the great scene where,
1: where she has to take her parents to the doctor. Because they both have jockage, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to explain, you know, the father is doing all these gestures yeah, about true. how the jockage feels. True, true. You know, it really makes my balls burn and yeah. he's just signing his little, you know, and she's so embarrassed she can't do that for the doctor. Right. And then right. the doctor says, "Well, what you'll have to do is there's a there's a cream you'll have to use, and then you'll have to avoid sex." What? And they're just like, "What? We can't we can't do that. We can't do that." So so that was that was really funny. No, yeah. I, I, they were brilliant, and I'll tell you who else was brilliant was uh, was the elusive and the mercurial Eugenio Derbez.
0: Yeah, who's as the a wonderful
1: actor yeah. both in Mexico and the United States. Correct, correct. And correct. and and we haven't even talked about how wonderful the character Ruby, the actress who played Ruby was the 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 hearing girl who has the gift for singing. Uh her name is Amelia Jones. She is just lovely. She really Tremendous. is. She's just she she sang beautifully. And you really get a sense of just her situation what she's thinking and feeling and how you know her classmates make her feel, or how she feels about a boy. She she was well cast in this. You know.
0: Yeah, it, it, I think be on the lookout for her because, yeah, you know she did the old De Niro thing where she was a fisherman for nine months, learned to 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 sign perfectly. That, yeah, took, that, freaking, that took a better that, part of a year for her to do that. So this is someone that was committed to this. It could be a once in a lifetime role. Who knows? I doubt it. I do think she has some talent and I think you haven't seen the last of her. I but anyway,
1: that, that kind of actually that kind of dedication is rare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for, I, for a younger I, person. I didn't think for a single minute that she hadn't been signing her whole life. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And again, that's great acting. That really was great acting, I, and
0: and Matlin cool. and, Matt and Coats are, I think, is whatever the guy is that's going to win Best Supporting Actor, who played the dad. It's pretty much a slam dunk yeah, yeah, that he will yeah, win this. They've been in, they've played husband and wife over the years many times because in Hollywood, as Marley Matlin would would tell you, it's you know there's not a lot of of uh, not a lot of you of, yeah. de- of deaf uh, related subject matter, and she's made the most of it, and yeah. uh, she's
1: made two. Unbelievable movies, Children of the lesser god Correct. with William Hurt, who recently passed away, yes, yes, and, and then this two amazing films, yeah. So, you
0: know. so, so now, just before we move along and talk about, uh, we're going to just mention that next week is um Oscar night next Sunday, and yeah. so we're going to kind of um recap the the the, the The 10 films that are nominated, which uh, Licorice Pizza, Drive My Car, King Richard, Dune, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Don't Look Up, Nightmare Alley, Belfast, and then, of course, Coda here. Um, We're going to kind of – I've seen them all. I know, Leo, you've seen most of them. We're going to try to – I'll try to see one or two more this week. We're going to try to predict – how how Oscar will vote. I think I have a pretty good idea. And as much as I love Coda, it was my favorite film. I don't think it has a snowball's chance in hell of winning, but I hope it does, but I don't think it will. Well, I'll tell you, it's
1: harder to develop that kind of formula or algorithm with, with 10 movies instead of five.
0: Uh, oh, no doubt about that. No doubt. It's totally hard to predict. And that's why you have outsiders winning and who knows, maybe it would be nice, but I don't think so.
1: All right, so, but I do have a movie for the week after next. So You'll next announce week. that next week. You'll... I'm going to announce it next week? Yes, Can sir. I announce it this week? You can if you want. All right, because I'll tell you why, Tom. The movie you chose, Coda, right. informed my pick of this movie. Right, And we're going to see Under the Same Moon, Bajo la Misma Luna, which has the beautiful Kate del Castillo. This is the woman who brought down El Chapo Guzman, and young. also a young... Eugenio Derbez. So I'm really looking forward to this, Under the Same Moon. So until next week, uh, we are the Two Peas in a Podcast. I'll bang the drums slowly and play the five loaded play the dead march as they carry me along put bunches
0: of roses all over my coffee. Roses to deaden the clouds as they fall